Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Oh, hello and welcome to the show. Honored that you join us today. Thank you so much. My guest is Fred Moskowitz, and we're going to talk about notes. These are these are mortgages that we hold, right, as investors, where we we are the bank. Just like the bank figured out a million years ago that uh, it's it's really good to hold the note, maybe not necessarily asset and all the trouble that comes with owning the asset, but the note. And so. Fred has made a career of this. He was a computer engineer. Uh, and after the dot-com bust in 9-11, 20 some odd years ago, he decided he needed a, a more stable source of income. So he turned to note investing. He buys notes now. And we dive into some of the nitty gritty on how he's finding notes, how he's creating some value within the things that he's buying. Uh, and then just a lot of education. I, I was very curious. I mean, we at DJE, we actually hold a lot of rural land notes and I absolutely love it. The, the business model, it's relatively simple and it's been very good to us. Um, but just diving into the nitty gritty on how all this note investing stuff works, just kind of a primer, I would say, to get into note um, investing. He is also the author of the Little Green Book of Note Investing. And um, just a just a good guy, you know. Been been at this for a while, and was knowledgeable and kind enough to come on the show. And we had a good conversation, uh, almost exclusively about note investing. So we'll dive into that in a moment. If you're listening, you enjoy this show. Appreciate you spending time with with me and our guests. A five star review on Apple helps the reach of the show and the algorithm and all that stuff. If you could take two seconds and do that. And if you don't want to actually write a review, you go over to ChatGPT and have them write a glowing review for you, or just hit the five stars and submit. That really helps the reach of the show. And I personally am thankful for that. We'll have a word from our sponsors and then we'll get into the episode with Fred. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. EJE has been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode is also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Hey, Fred, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for joining. How are you? Thank you, thank you Devin. Doing fantastic. Great to be yeah. here. Excellent. So we're going to talk about real estate today, like we do here on the DJE podcast. A um, little bit different today in that you've done uh, note investing, and you are an author and a speaker and an investor in that in that arena. But uh, so I'm excited to kind of talk about something a little bit different than our normal multifamily conversations. But first, how about your background? What what's your story? Where do you live? How'd you get into real estate? Yeah, that's uh it's been it's been an interesting journey for me. I'm based here in Philadelphia. I'm on the East Coast. And my background is that 
I've had a very long, successful career working as a computer engineer. I spent many years working at technology companies, at all these different startup companies, real exciting. And what happened for me was I watched my entire industry get flipped upside down from the bursting of the dot-com bubble. And right around that time, we had the September 11th terrorist attacks. And so that put the whole tech industry into shambles. A lot of companies went under, uh, tons of job losses everywhere. And All of this made me realize that I was way too dependent on the income from my job. And I loved the work I did, but the jobs I had, they were always full of all these circumstances, completely out of my control. And what I learned was that no matter how talented of an engineer I was or how valuable of an employee I was, if things were not going well at the company, I could quickly lose my job through no fault of my own. Yes. So, so I realized that it was so important for me to start to have other sources of income so that I wouldn't be dependent on the paycheck for my job. And with that, I turned to investing in alternative investments. And my goal was to acquire buy, build assets that would generate income for me. And I did many different types of investing, a lot of real estate deals for sure, which uh, I, I love. But after a number of years of that, I got introduced to the concept of node investing. And a lot of real estate investors know about node investing from the seller finance perspective. But what I got involved in was buying notes that existed already that were uh, institutionally originated. And so we we buy notes on the secondary market. Mm-hmm. And we, we can get more into that. And so that that has grown over over the years and now is my uh, primary business and uh, where my main focus is. I love it. Well, thanks for the the background and the overview. Let's dive into this um, concept of these institutionally generated notes. Are they all against a certain asset class here? Is it is it all kinds of things? You, you know, you so you're yeah. you're. I don't really have any experience with that, but you're talking about one of the big banks doing the underwriting and originating this thing, and then. And then turning around and selling it on a secondary market. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Right. right? Yeah. Everybody's I mean, got a home mortgage or. Right. Everyone has a home mortgage or even if you uh, a mortgage on an investment property, you sure. re, let's say you refinance or you buy the property. And this comes up so much within one, two or three months after closing, you get that letter in the mail from your lender saying, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, please be advised we have sold your loan and here's the contact information for the new lender. And starting next month, please start sending your payments to them. And by the way, don't worry, none of the terms of your financing, your interest rate, your payments will change. Everything will be the same. However, please send your payments to the new lender starting next month. And so this happens 
to almost everyone, everyone I've known. And uh, that's the, the secondary market where loans are bought and sold every day, every single day. And back to your question, though, Devin, what type of assets are these notes on? Now, notes exist on every kind of asset, actually. I focus on residential mortgage notes, which are your Fannie Freddie definition of a residential property, one to four units, uh, residential all across the U.S. But there are notes on commercial properties, on multifamily properties, even uh, aviation on airplanes. There's auto debt. There's all types of notes where we found uh, the most success and logically the most availability of notes, the most common are single family um, residential and so that's that's what's most plentiful out there, and um, that's where we focus on. Great, thank you for that. So, if let's say somebody buys a hundred thousand dollar house for easy math, they've got mm-hmm. a seventy thousand dollar note that's originated by Fannie or Freddie. Um, why buy that note at let's say it's eighty thousand uh, dollar balance? Are you buying it at eighty thousand dollars with, say, a four or five percent interest rate, and you're and you're buying that income stream for the next thirty years, or is there some kind of a discount? Like, what's the what's the angle? Um, yeah, that that's a, that. that's a great question. So the angle is that yes, there is a discount, and so uh, that eighty thousand dollar loan balance note might sell for. 75,000 or 70,000 depending uh, on the risk characteristics there's sure. a lot of a lot of parameters there um and so what that does to that 5 or 6% interest rate for the investor uh starts to jump up the yield right. goes up because of that discount and so that that's where the power of notes uh, right. actually exists yeah. and um that discount um will vary depending on the risk profile and and different characteristics of the asset. And so that's uh that's in a nutshell how uh, how that the notes investing landscape is. Uh like any real estate when we buy you make your money when you buy the asset and you, sure. you can buy them at a discount. And the better discount that you can negotiate and uh and buy Accordingly, if there's problems with the note that you can solve that cause the value to go down, uh, that's potential upside for the investor as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you're buying it at a discount, an $80,000 note at a 5% rate. You're getting higher than the 5% rate if you buy that note at 70000 So you're creating kind of some, some leverage there. Um, now, how are you buying the notes? Is there a complicated process or you just coming in cash and saying, Hey, here's 80, you know, here's 70 K for an 80 K note. Yeah. The notes are, are traded in, in cash transactions for sure. sure. <clears throat> that's, that's customary. Yeah. Now, as far as how we buy them, um, an investor can buy notes individually or they can buy notes in larger pools, which allows you to negotiate uh, volume pricing and better discounts and, and everything. And that's that's a lot of, of what we do. Uh, other ways to get involved in note investing 
if an investor prefers to be passive is you can invest in a note fund, Mm -hmm. which a note fund is very similar to how a real estate syndication works, where fund managers raise capital from investors, they pull that capital together, and then they go out to the secondary market and buy notes in bulk. And they can negotiate better pricing, get better discounts. And the benefit for the investors is that they're now leveraging the expertise and the experience and the relationships and access to notes that the fund managers have. So uh, it, it's it's a great arrangement and uh, it and it comes down to whether the investor wants to be active in the business or passive as an investor. And there's no right or wrong answer. It yeah, exactly. comes down, yeah, it comes down to each individual's objectives, what what you're seeking to do, uh, how much time you have. And uh, for someone that is wants to get hands-on, get really involved, to have a lot of time and want to learn the business, go out and buy individual notes and be active. Now, on the other hand, if you prefer to be passive, maybe you're a, a professional and with a great, a great career or a business owner, and you're focused on that. And you're just seeking to diversify your investments into a different asset class, then maybe investing in a note fund is a great option. Perfect. Yeah, just like other other real estate asset classes, that if you're the operator, that's real work, takes expertise, sometimes years of of learning yeah. and building, uh, and the, and the reward is kind of you know on par with with that experience. Uh, and then there's passive options too, where yep. maybe you take a smaller piece, but and give up some control. Trade off is you can go work that business, that job, or enjoy retirement, or whatever the case is. So uh, you're right. No, no right or wrong way on that approach. You mentioned um, kind of adding value, and you know, that's what I wanted to explore here in this note world. Is okay, buying an existing oak cash makes sense. Okay, maybe get a little bit of a discount. Well, that's gonna that's going to juice that return percentage a little bit over whatever the note is, uh, the rate is on the mortgage. What are some other ways um, you mentioned maybe some, some distress or problems that you can solve? How does one go about creating value on what, as I understand it, it's like, Hey, this is an existing contract. It's already an asset with a first lien against it. What do you, what can you do? Go in, go in and do after the fact that will create value for, for an investor in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of potential problems uh, that can come up. And sure. some of the different different things we've seen, uh, the note can have a less than p- perfect payment record. Right. Um, and a lot of times that can be resolved with uh, working with having a good loan servicer on your team. They're doing some good outreach and working with the borrower. Sometimes uh, all that's needed is uh, to restructure the note, do do, uh, some different options like that. Or other other things that that I've seen a lot of is there's issues not not with the payments, but there's issues with the documentation mm-hmm. where the closing documents were done hastily and not everything was correct. And so now there's a 
there's a documentation issue which causes the note not to be able to be uh, put into a securitized pool. Right. And it gets kicked out. And so a lot of those type those type of problems, whether it's a title issue or documentation issue, all of those problems, they they require hands-on activity by people that know what they're doing. Maybe sometimes legal work is involved. All of these problems can be solved, and it's going to take a little bit of time and some money to invest in it. But what's nice is after you do that work, you've now increased the value of your asset. You've made a little uh, investment there. You've increased the value of the asset. And along the way, you're collecting your payments each month. So the cash flow is there. Cash flow was not impacted. Um, and so that that works out really well. And that's something uh, we've seen a lot of, especially during the years of the mid-2000s. There was a lot of loans written uh, and originated where there were shortcuts taken, things were not done properly. And so sure. it, it takes uh, it takes a careful eye and attention to detail to clean some of that up. But uh, it, it, it definitely can be done. And it's one of the ways we, we seek to add value. Others are having great relationships in the node industry where we're uniquely positioned to take advantage of different opportunities that come up. Um, a big one we see is whenever there's uh, liquidity needs by another investor, maybe it's a hedge fund, a larger note fund, they have some liquidity needs. And so they're going to be more willing to sell loans at a discount in exchange for a quick closing, especially when they're dealing with someone they have a relationship with and a good track record to perform on a transaction and close quickly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you see a lot of parallels to to the world of real estate and multifamily investing happens yeah. all the time. Yep. Yep. All that sounds very similar to kind of our experience with all of that. <laughs> a lot That's, of parallels. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, we've been creating notes for a number of years on on rural land and we hold the notes, but I found it to be this amazing business. I mean, you know, when people and we're in all kinds of things. We're in multifamily development land. I mean, we do all kind of real estate in Central Texas. But you know, if you can, you can get a decent borrower, um, and then this note's cash flow, and it's a thirty-year amortization. Looking at it like this is pretty hands-off. And the way I we haven't had to foreclose anything. We haven't even had any missed payments. And I'm thinking these guys are paying me to let this asset appreciate. You know, if they, if they default in five years. I'm just going to take that asset back out to market and, and sell it. I mean, have you guys had defaults or anything where, you know, I guess what is the risk, right? If you've got a portfolio of. Yeah, there there's notes, there's always risk. It doesn't come up that often. Yeah, It doesn't come up that often. And here's, here's a perfect example I'll, I'll share with you. If any of your listeners out there are investors that, uh, try to purchase properties at foreclosure sale. They go to sale, try to bid. Well, what you'll notice uh, that happens is that uh, out of every hundred properties that get published for sale, probably uh, over 90%, maybe even 95, 
the sale doesn't happen. It gets postponed. It gets wow. adjourned. It gets canceled because there was some agreement that was reached um, at the last minute. And so this really, it, it doesn't come up a lot. Um, it doesn't come up a lot. And people people are surprised about that. But uh, what what I love in um, in this business, and this is something banks have figured out long ago, is that they rather be in the business of being a, a lien holder than being an own, a property owner. When right. you're a property owner, uh, you have to be responsible for maintenance and upkeep of the property, and and taking care of of everything and managing and liability, all, all those things, the lien holder, the lender, they have none of that. They're responsible for making sure that the property owner has their taxes paid up, that has their insurance in place, that they're making their payments. And really beyond that, there's not, not that much else. And so this facilitates the ability to scale to buy many, many notes and, and have a large portfolio. And so it's something that if you're successful with it, you can scale up into a big portfolio rather easily. Yeah, that's certainly been my experience is um, the workload does not scale up uh, on a one-to-one on -one ratio with the portfolio size. I mean, we use a loan servicer. They're great. They yeah. kind of handle all of it. The Let, let's talk about pays. that. Yeah. Loan servicers. I'm glad yes. you brought that up. Um, they play a pivotal role in um, management for the lender. Think of this, the loan servicer, what do they do? They manage collecting the payments from the borrower. They take care of issuing the tax statements each year that go out, the interest uh, tax statements. They send monthly statements to the borrower. They take phone calls. They manage the amortization schedule so that if there's a payoff, they handle everything, coordinate it with the title company and release the lien and receive the funds. And they do all of this for a very nominal fee. Most of the time, it's between $15 and $30 a month. That's it's amazing. It. Yeah. And so think of a loan servicer is just like a property manager managing a rental property on behalf of the owner. The loan servicer manages the note on behalf of the lender. And it's it's one of the most valuable uh, vendors and partners on your team as a node investor. Yeah. And it's incredible to your point, what they charge. It's, it's not yeah. much and there's a lot yeah. going on, you know, they, they, there's a, a lot, lot. There's a lot that goes into it. And I guess they must just have enough scale and processes and automation to make it worth that. You know, exactly. I think we pay $35 a month or something and the borrower pays it. It's in their, you know, it's in their bill. So it's net doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're set up to handle a very large volume and, and they're right. good. They have good systems in place and they're good at what they do. Yep, absolutely. So if somebody was just looking into this, let's say you're an investor, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars to invest. You can, you kind of have an active track that you could take. You have a passive track. Could you walk the listeners through what you might do if you're, if you're in that situation? Okay. I've heard about node investing. I want to explore this. 
what are kind of my first steps as say an active investor? Yeah, as an active investor or passive, either way, uh, it all starts with education, sure. like anything else, yep. right? Ch- um, there's lots of great books on the topic uh, about node investing and lots of podcasts that, that you can listen to now, as well as different workshops and conferences that you can attend. I always encourage people start there first. And then beyond that, start to build some relationships. One of the best things that you can do is surround yourself with successful people. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Get around successful people so that you can bounce ideas off each other. You can learn from each other. And the best part, you can do deals with each other. Yeah. Uh, Those of us in the note note investment industry, we all know each other. It's a small world and we'll, we'll buy and sell notes all the time, all the time. And it's a lot, a lot of this is about building relationships. And so get good at that. Um, that's, that is a skill that I would say, no matter what business you're in or what type of investing you do, if you get good at building relationships and nurturing them, that's going to serve you so well and set you up for success. So th- those are some of the, some suggestions about, about getting started, but absolutely always essential is education because with node investing, there are, there are a lot of pitfalls. It's very easy to lose money very quickly if you don't know what you're doing. So get educated first before you do anything. Yeah, hundred percent. Great, great advice. And that does apply to kind of any business that you're in, but I totally agree. Um, one of the nice things about node investing is you're, you're really kind of inherently building cash flow from day one in any business that can cover its expenses with recurring revenue is just going to be a much safer business. A lot easier to survive and, and grow. If you got recurring revenue, I, I own a bunch of businesses and my favorite ones are the ones that have recurring revenue. They're covering the covering the expenses makes it a lot easier and, and, it does. and node investing kind of inherently builds that. Um, what and are it, some of the other strategies if, as you're building a portfolio of notes? Are you, are you bundling and selling that? Are you just kind of always buying and trading based on different note characteristics or what's, what's kind of the game that you, once you're a couple of years into note investing that, uh, that you want to be playing? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that's very important is you, you're going to always be redeploying capital. It's about the right. concept of velocity of money. Now, here's yes. what happens with notes, which is different than real estate. Both can generate cash flow. However, real estate will appreciate over time, right? That's that's the historical trend. Now, notes, because of the amortization schedule, with each payment you receive, you receive interest and a portion of your principal back. And so the loan balance goes down each month. So that's the value of your asset. It's decreasing over time. Sure. And so for an investor and you you have a portfolio of notes, you're getting money coming back every month along with some loans that get paid off because they were refinanced or the property was sold. And so money's coming back every month. And so it's up to the investor to keep redeploying that capital. You go out to the marketplace, buying new notes as often as, as your capital allows for it. Uh, 
it's not like you can just take the cash flow and then go off and spend it because that's not not going to be sustainable in in the long run. And so the main thing is to always be watching to redeploy capital. And there's a lot of liquidity that comes up. Uh, like I said, the average life of a note in in of a mortgage note in the U.S. Uh, residential is five to seven years. That's because people refinance, people move, or they downsize, up, upsize their property, and they sell them. And this happens all the time. And you never know. There's that element of randomness. You never know when a payoff comes in. And a payoff is great. Usually, any upside comes in during the payoff. But then what do you do next? Immediately after that, you start looking for your next note. Where's the next opportunity for you to redeploy that capital? Because idle cash sitting in your in your account in your balance sheet has a rate of return of zero. Yep, and, and, so, and arguably negative five or ten percent, depending on where you think. Uh, what do you think the CPI numbers really are? Right. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's it takes constant work to keep that capital deployed and getting it to a level of efficiency. You want to keep some, uh, keep some handy for your expenses and maybe buying opportunities that may come up. However, you want to keep a close eye on that as an investor. Yeah. It's interesting. I, you know, I have this fantasy about building all these notes and X amount of cash flow for the, for decades, right? Like, Oh, this is a really good retirement plan here, but, but then, you know, a month ago, I got a text from my broker. Hey, man, I got 600K coming back at you. And I was like, oh, okay, we're one year into a 30-year amortization. And the owner uh, of that property that we're holding the note on decides uh, they're paying it off. Good for them. They probably got a better rate or who knows what they're doing. Yeah. But okay, well, now we have a liquidity event and need to redeploy. And so- yeah, you, it's a balancing act, but you can, you're right. It's you never know when the payoffs are coming. Yeah, uh, it's that element of randomness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a good thing. That's a good. That's a good surprise. It, uh, it beats the alternative of, you know, hey, all your money's gone. Um, but uh, but it is kind of interesting. Something you need to need to plan for in addition to to building the the longer term cash flow. But you you have a liquidity event, and you just go out and redeploy it. And if you're getting educated and building systems around that, then ostensibly you've got a way to to redeploy that or yeah. a portion of that capital, right? Exactly. Yeah. What does, um, let's talk about resources. Uh, you know, you've written yeah. a book, uh, you got the website to tell us, you know, how folks, we agree that education is kind of the, the foundation. If you're, if you're new to this space and you want to do that and get networked and educated before you really do anything or spend any money, but tell us about the book and, and what other resources can people use to get started doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk about a couple of great resources. So as far as books go, one that that I love, and this is one of the first books I read about note investing. This was written by Jimmy Napier. And if any of you uh, real estate investors have been around for a long time, you've probably heard of Jimmy Napier. He wrote this amazing book called invest in debt and it's still in print you can find it online um it's a pretty technical book it gets into um using a financial calculator and the skills you need for for that which are are very important uh, and so that that's a great one that that gets 
I would say that's not a basic book. It's more of a um, getting more on advanced topics, but it's it's very, um, very well written. And my book is called The Little Green Book of Note Investing. It's available on Amazon. And this book is a great introductory level overview of note investing and the note investing industry. We talk about why notes are bought and sold and how the secondary market works. Uh, There are chapters on how to perform due diligence, how to analyze a note, how to perform a transaction to purchase a note, how to um, how to do all of the management that's needed, getting it set up with a loan servicer, getting your documents in place, how to review that, as well as some other topics about uh, scaling and growing your portfolio, how to use self-directed retirement account capital to invest in notes, which is a wonderful strategy. I always love talking about that. And um, it's going to really give an overall picture to someone that's new learning about the business and deciding, you know, which angle of note investing is right for me, what makes the most sense. And so we lay out all the options and that helps uh, the reader make a well-informed decision. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing those resources. Um, What do you see ahead? We're talking in Q1 of 2023. What do you see ahead for the next year for for your company? Well, we see a lot of opportunity in the marketplace for sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of the larger note sellers are uh, taking time to make adjustments, re-strategize, selling off assets which are um, not in line with their uh, strategic objectives, and so we're seeing a lot of notes coming in. Um, to the marketplace to be sold and a lot of opportunity, even though we're in in uncertain interest rate environments. um, If you think about it, a lot of the notes we buy, they were originated uh, several years ago. And so the interest rates of today and tomorrow, it's not as much of a significant impact as one would think because the interest rates on those notes, they're, they're already set. And, um, and so it does cause some uncertainty, but, uh, it's like anything else with, with any investment, when there's uncertainty in the world, uncertainty in the marketplace, it creates opportunities for, for investors that, um, have the good, good skills, the know-how and the relationships to keep moving forward. Isn't that the truth? I love it. Well, we'll end on that, Fred, if somebody wants to connect with you and the website, where can they do that? Yeah, thank you. The best way to connect with me is by visiting my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com. And if you prefer an easier spelling for that, you can visit giftfromfred.com and it'll take you right to my website where there's uh, more information available. I'd be happy to send out a special report about node investing. And if you prefer to text me using your mobile device, you can text the word money to this number, which is 215-461-4433. 
and then follow the prompts. I always love connecting with investors, uh, meeting people, talking to investors, learning about learning about what you're doing in the investment space, and uh, building relationships. It's the most important thing that we can do. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, to I totally agree. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can scroll to the bottom and click through to visit the the website there. Fred, thanks so much for joining. This is a breath of fresh air, learning about something a uh, little bit different outside of what we normally do day to day and a very intriguing space that's going to be around forever, right? Note investing is not going anywhere. So uh, I love it. I encourage people to learn more about it. Great meeting you. Thanks for spending some time. And, Thank you, uh, Devin. Wish you success in the year ahead. Thank you. All righty. You we'll as you. well. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.